Crank up the volume and get ready for real-world bird hunting by listening to the Wingman Podcast by Eastman's. Now your host, Todd Helms. Talk about being on the X. Hey guys, this episode of the Wingman Podcast is brought to you by Leupold Optics. And I've been running the Leupold Performance Eyewear, aka the sunglasses, for, man, about two years now. And I've worn a lot of brands of eyewear over the years, obviously as a hunter and a shooter, but also as a fly fishing guide and someone who just spends a lot of time in the outdoors. And I was super impressed right out of the gate with the Leupold Performance Eyewear. I like the switchback frame the best. I've got a couple different lens colors in that. I've got like an amber lens and a a gray lens or a smoke lens for bright conditions. And the amber is kind of my all around. I, I find myself wearing that lens all the time. I really like the contrast that that lens provides. I've worn all kinds of different sunglasses from every top brand out there. And the Leupold Performance Eyewear is number one, hands down for me. If if you you guys got to check them out, you can go on Leupold.com and look at all the different styles and offerings. And I just I, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, they they have a fit uh, module on there. You can actually like superimpose. I don't know. This is crazy space age technology where they can superimpose that frame over your face. You can kind of see what it looks like. At least they used to have that. I think they still do. But my point is this. Loophole Performance Eyewear helps me perform in all kinds of conditions in the field. They help those sunglasses help cut glare in those, especially, you know, those times when you're setting up and for a waterfowl hunt, especially and the wind's perfect, and the only way that you can set up correctly with the wind is you're you're either maybe not looking directly into the sun, but you're looking kind of crosswise, and it's right in your eyes. It's really hard to to pick out shots. It's really hard to pick out birds in those scenarios. And a good quality eye sunglasses, good quality pair of sunglasses, helps mitigate that. And the loophole performance eyewear ones that especially man that in those situations for me I like that amber lens it cuts the glare cuts the shine just enough with and still lets me have great color pop so I can tell drakes from hens in in those situations I can tell roosters from hens if I'm pheasant hunting I don't know how many times pheasant hunting in early morning or evening and a bird gets up right into the sun and you know, you're, you're practically blinded. And with those performance eyewear from Leupold, it just helps me make a difference. So if you're in the market for a new pair of sunglasses, man, I would highly, highly recommend the Leupold performance eyewear. Check them out at leupold.com and uh, give me some feedback too. Let, let me know what you think. If you try a pair, I think you're going to be really pleased. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Wingmen Podcast, and I think we're sitting at episode 44, and I am fortunate enough to have on Corey Wages with me from SOK Tanglefoot. You guys know that um, I got a, Wingmen got, and thus I got a an SOK pup this summer, and Hondo is his name. He is a ball of fire. He's awesome. And Corey is the man that whelped that pup. 
and he's kind of the reason that I have Hondo. Hondo's an SOK Tanglefoot dog. And Corey, we couldn't be happier with him, man. He is awesome, as you told me he would be. Thank you for being on the podcast with us. Hey, Todd. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the invitation. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear the news about Hondo. Oh, dude. He, I, I, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to leave that place with that puppy that day. You were like, I tell you, I'll keep this dog. I'll give you your money back. <laughs> That's right. That's right. He was, he was, if I had pick of the litter, he would have been mine. Um, just, uh, you know, no special reason other than, you know, you just, when you're around a, a litter of puppies, one just kind of gravitates to you. And uh, I expect the same performance out of all of them, but at the same time, he was kind of, he was kind of my favorite. So I'm glad you got him. Well, I appreciate that. And he has been awesome so far, just progressed through training really, really well. And uh, we're, you know, I think he's about eight, eight months now, roughly. And yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of guys would have him in the field hunting him right now. And I know yeah. he, I know he'd be picking up birds. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I can't, the bird drive is crazy with him and I can't, uh, you know, if I bring birds home from a hunt, he's all over him, you know, and he'll, he'll carry him around. He wants those birds. No doubt in my mind, he would do it, but I don't want to start. I don't want to make bad habits. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I agree. The worst mistake a lot of people make is they're really excited about their puppy. Uh, they're really excited. They bought the puppy for a purpose and uh, the hardest thing in the world to do is to wait. Um, so uh, the worst mistake people make is rushing it too fast, starting bad habits or, um, not introducing the dog slowly enough to, to lots of gunfire and lots of things going on that goes on in the duck blinds. It's just, it's a recipe for disaster to go too early. So it's, it's, I'm proud of you for waiting and, uh, and, and generalizing that training and, and, uh, maybe next, next, next season, let's, uh, let's get after a little, little more. Yeah. And that's kind of the plan. You know, he's, I think I told you, I've had him out one time, just me and my daughter. And it was like, I was, it wasn't even a hunt. It was just, if sure. we could knock a bird down, cool, you know, but it wasn't like all the do all the guys in the blind and the chaos of morning and throwing decoys, you know, it wasn't anything like that. <clears throat> and I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do that to him yet. Yeah. I, I did that to Mackinac. I've done that to my other labs that I've had in the past and it turned out okay, but there were a lot of things that at, at nine years old, Mackinac is now like Mr. Steady, you know, yeah. but it's taken a while for him, for us to get there where, because I, I pushed it early, you know, right. and, and he but just developed some bad habits. Exactly. Truthfully, we've all done it. If we're honest, I mean, uh, our first dog, we can't wait. want to get out there, get out there and show off to our buddies and, and get pictures and, you know, be really proud of our dog. And so we've all done it. And, I know that it's easy for people like me to say when I've got, you know, five other dogs that I can hunt um, so that I can raise a puppy a lot slower and and uh, uh, really generalize that training and, and, and solidify a lot of things. So, um, you know, the one dog people that's, that's got their, their first dog or just their one dog, it's it's hard to wait. I understand that. But it's I promise you it will be for the better. Yeah, no, no, you're 100 percent right. And that was where I, I did not want to screw this up, you know, and and. Cause there's no doubt he's ready to go. You know, we're sitting on the riverbank and I got Mackinac and Hondo sitting steady, throw a bumper in the river, Mark. And I've gotten to the point where 
Mackinac won't go until I tell it, till I tell it, call his name. Right. But Hondo's like, <laughs> let me go, dad, let me go. And I've got my wife there or I'm holding him. I just have a, like a, like a slip lead. And I just have, I don't even have it on his, around his neck, I, over his head. I just got it like doubled up to hold him in place. And Ooh. Hondo. And I let him and dude, he's boom, out of the gates. I mean, he doesn't hit the water for 20 feet. You know what I mean? He's just like off the bank and he I'm, I'm super, super stoked for next year to, to spend the rest of this year and all summer working drills and making him steady. So we get to the point where, especially next year, because I, I won't be able to lean on Mackinac at 10 years old, the way I have even, even this year, like he, we, we were out, I had Ramsey Russell out. He came out and hunted with us. And we're dropping the, the video for that hunt tomorrow, actually, on the YouTube channel. And we hunted Ramsey's dog the first day. And then the second day, we hunted them together because we were hunting a bigger piece of river. And there were some geese and stuff involved. And I said, let's take them both. And boy, old Mackinac boy was like, boom, Mr. Steady. And uh, it, was, it was super cool and to the point where... I'd tell him to go, you know, I'd say Mackinac and he'd look at me <laughs> like, <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Yes. Get them, you know? And so that's, that's kind of the goal, you know, we'll get there, but you said you're running five dogs. I'm going to back us up a little bit because I talk about your with SOK Tanglefoot is kind of your, your deal, your baby, you're mixed in with Southern Oak Kennels, obviously a subsidiary or a franchise. I don't know what you guys call it, but how did you get involved working with Barton and start SOK Tanglefoot? Yeah, so Barton and I met several years back. Uh, I think it would have been back in 2014 or 15. And we just met, honestly, we met through church. Okay. Uh, a mutual friend and uh, met through church and uh, got to have lunch every every so often and got to talk in um, training and, you know, doing and uh, – kind of aligned a lot there and he he uh he offered he's like man i've got a i've got a full trial winner uh her name is diver back home and uh she's you know she could use a little work on rusty if you in the fam you know i just had my first daughter um so uh you know we had a young one he's like so if, you, if you're not interested i understand i know you got a lot going on so uh and i was like no no i would really like to i'd like to get back into this and uh so i would yeah let's let's do that and uh, honestly, when I told my wife that we were bringing home a dog that was going to live in the house, she was like a lab, a Labrador in the house. And, uh, she wasn't entirely, uh, impressed with that idea. So she, I said, no, 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 these are different. These are different. So anyway, I talked her into it and it, it the, the dog's name is Diver. So if you know the stud dog, uh, from SOK North, which is Hank, yep. uh, that is his mom. Diver is his mom. So okay. I had and uh, got to work with her a good bit. And, you know, I would go to some group training sessions with Barton. He would be uh, really proud of the work that she was doing at that time. And, and so she came into season that first, um, that first season. And see, he said, uh, man, we got to get you a dog, you know, because keep her. He wanted to take her back to breed. So we got to get you another dog. So he sends me Amy. Amy is the cornerstone of SOK Tanglefoot. And so I got was two years old and uh she has taught me probably more than i taught her 
she has taken me on a ride, but uh, uh, my family and I will be forever grateful for Amy. She's now retired from having litters. She's still hunting with me. Uh, she's, uh, she's six years old and seven years old. Yeah, she's seven years old. And uh, anyway, after working with Amy and getting her rolling pretty good, uh, you know, Barton had a client dog. He's like, hey, um, would, you be, uh, would you be interested in working this dog? I said, yeah. So now I've got two dogs and then those dogs just kept building. And here we are six it's, years later. It's like a Labrador snowball. That's exactly. <laughs> that is it's, cool, man. So what is, so what is it, what all does that entail? I mean, you're obviously, what do you do um, in conjunction with, with Barton? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're taking dogs in your training, but walk us through that. Yeah. So, so basically Barton is the orchestrator of all, all. I'm obviously I'm sitting in a bank now. I'm a full-time banker. I, I I'm, I'm, it's a, my nine to five. Um, and so I take client dogs when during the daylight savings times when it stays uh, lighter longer. And so I can get off work and drive a couple of minutes down the road. And uh, I have a handful of dogs and I can train those until dark or so. And I only have two to three litters per year. Um, but Barton kind of orchestrates all of that because I'm busy here at the bank and busy with the dogs. So he basically, um, he designs the breedings. I say designs them, he plans the breedings. He um, takes all the applications and, you know, sells the puppies and, when it comes time to uh, for me to have more dogs, client dogs, he links me up with the people that want to trained. And, and so he takes care of most of the communication and I just take care of the back. End. Okay, cool. It, it cool. Worked very well for me since, like I said, I have this job and uh, it's, it's good for, it's good for us. It works well. No, that's awesome. You know, you, I've, man, you said something there in during daylight savings time when we have light, because, you know, I don't know what you guys deal with for daylight hours this time of year, but we I'm eight to five in my day, my desk job sitting here in this office as the editor. And my day usually starts about 5. AM. I get, yeah. both, I get both my dogs out and we're walking for 45 minutes to an hour. You know, I'll throw on a 50, 50 or 75 pound backpack and just go for, you know, an hour with both right. the dogs and it's just exercise, you know, it's just get out of the house and air out and then lunchtime, come home, eat and back to work in the summertime. No big deal. Cause that ah, we can go work for, you know, an hour or two, whatever with the dogs, man, this time of year, I'm walking Hondo in particular, cause Max nine years old. Like you said, the summer, you're like out of haze in the barn with that one. <laughs> I don't we'll throw I'll throw bumpers you know like fun bumpers for him a little bit but dude I'm just wearing him out if I'm out there running him running drills you know it's like he knows he knows what he's doing but with Hondo you know reinforcing that bring you know the the fetch to heel the steadiness the hold I mean all those things marking right I'm walking down the street a half a block to this giant church yard church complex it's like half a city block and I'm running drills under the mercury lights, you know, in there in the dark. Right. I don't have any other options. Yeah, that's right. You, and you you have to use what you what you have available. Um, like I said, uh, I, I take client dogs from during the um, 
springtime and it works out well for us we, we I, I take dogs in back in the spring and they go home right before duck season um everybody wants their dog home for duck season and the time has changed and it's dark and i'm ready to go hunting as well so i'll yeah. take my do a lot of traveling uh and get to and get to sharpen my dogs up on that and then uh, after duck season take a, a small break and and me and the family usually take a, a vacation because they Days are long in the summer and then duck season. So we take a little small vacation uh, during the break after duck season, January 31st. I don't take a dog until March 15th. So we take us a small break, um, take us a small vacation, catch our breath and, and, and go again. So, yeah. Sounds like, you, sounds like you got a program dialed there, man. I like that. I like us, that. It fits us well. No, that's cool. That's, you know, that, that's something I, you hit the nail on the head there. It's, between balancing wingman stuff with training a dog, working dogs, getting hunts filmed, and then helping out on the big game side of things for Eastman's yeah. hunting season starts about the middle of August around here. And it doesn't stop until goose season ends the middle of February. Yeah. And so it's like by that time, by the time end of, end of February rolls around, my wife's like, um, can we, take a long weekend someplace and you know go ditch the kids and get a hotel and just kind of unwind for yeah and so making that time to go to go do family stuff is so so important it, it's really important and that's what um and that's what a, a lot of people might not understand is you know your, your family sacrifices on this kind of thing they do it for the good of the family uh but they you know i'm i'm gone a lot in the summer um you know, the day starts, you know, you were talking earlier about your day and my day starts around, you know, we'll get up around five. Um, my wife has to take off and go to the school. We've got a, uh, we've got the 15th of this month. We'll have, I guess next week we'll have a one-year-old. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. My six-year-old just started kindergarten this year. So, uh, my wife takes the one-year-old and they head off to daycare and to work. And I, uh, I, after they, take off to the daycare and to work. I'm airing dogs and come back and get the, uh, get the uh, six-year-old ready to go to school and carry her to school and drop her off, go to work, come home, air dogs at lunch, go back to work, get out. Get, once you get off work, you go home, you air dogs, you load dogs up, you start training. You train till dark and then you pick everything up and you go in and kiss everybody good night and you start over. It's, uh, yeah, it's a grind. It, it's a grinding time in the, in the deer and training season. Um, and then duck season, obviously I don't stay, I typically don't stay gone too long during duck season. Um, again, I've got, I've got this job too, but, uh, I'll take a long weekend. About, I usually save all my, I'll travel around and do my duck hunting and, come home and uh, take care of the family the rest of the time no that's cool that's cool well speaking of duck hunts you said you've been out a little bit where you been how long yeah. it? it was great um i actually went down to uh um providence city uh texas for the lifetime decoy they always host a uh okay opening yeah. opening till weekend so i went down there and enjoyed that uh, a whole lot got to see a lot of people that i get to see there every year and of course uh um always enjoy that trip and then uh jj big jj there yeah shout out to jj jj's got a got a dog from us so um, yeah. his dog rain yeah he i actually kept a litter mate out of his litter 
Um, okay. So it, that was Amy's retirement litter. So it was Arden and Amy. Um, and so on Amy's retirement litter, I'm obviously going to keep one. So uh, I kept one. So now he and I share litter mates. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, I've been there. We had a great time uh, there with Lifetime Decoys. And then uh, I went to Arkansas, did a spec hunt with uh, it's just a good buddy hunt. Some of my best friends, Jason Howell and Aaron Carter. Um, they, they are, they are killers. They are get after it. Um, they've, uh, they've secured some good, some good land there and they are, uh, they, they knock them out. So, um, I got to spend a weekend with them there. And then I, um, actually drove out to Oklahoma. I've got some buddies out there, um, in Blue Jacket, Oklahoma, which is close to Vanitas. It's very Northeast Oklahoma. And, uh, my buddy Jared Griffith out there is uh, a weekend warrior. So I go out there and, and hunt with him a good bit. And actually this year he's hunting Fia. Oh um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Fia is Hondo's mother. Yep. And so Fia has, is in, is I went out there for the opening weekend of their duck season. And, uh, when I left, I just left Fia with him and she's having a ball. She's picked up probably at this point, I think, I think she's probably getting a North of a hundred now for trees. Nice. So good duck season for her. She needed it. She was, she was tired of the training scenario and, um, she's having a blast. So I'm, I'm excited to get it back, get back out there soon and see her. No, that's cool, man. She's, uh, I'm surprised she let you out of her sight that, uh, she, when she, when we were, the, when I was down there at Martin's place, the yeah. old place and man, she was glued to you. She's a very, very loyal dog. She's very loyal. She only cares to please you only cares to please you so she works very hard for you she's there's nothing selfish about that dog so i i, I think a lot of her no she is special she is special that that is for for sure and for certain yeah so hondo is let's say thea hondo is um a cedar and fia pup and if i walked him into your office right now you would look other than the fact he's kind of lanky because he's you know in that stage of development you'd think you were looking at cedar <laughs> well that's I a mean, good thing. Cedar oh he's is perfectly easy on the eyes yeah he's very handsome dog and very sweet the funny yeah. thing is he's got it you know having he's still there i'm here sorry okay about that. nope no worries no worries that happens but you know the having seen Fia and been around her a little bit that, that, that day, I see characteristics of her and him as well, where he is incredibly, incredibly devoted. Um, and I was home for lunch today. I let him and Mackinac in the house. They spent a lot. I've got a big enclosed backyard. So they spend most of their day in that backyard. And which is really nice, especially if my kids are back there playing, those two dogs are in there. That kind of, that kind of dissuades any, uh, shenanigans from outsiders. And, uh, but anyway, he came in and he was laying on his bed and my, my four-year-old went over and cuddled up next to him and they, they took a nap together on the dog bed, Yeah, you know, but just that level of devotion and that willingness to please and that willingness to want to, that, that desire to work. You know, that dog never takes his eyes off, off me when we're in the field. I mean, he might sniff the air a little bit or something, but 
I, I see it. I see that. He, like I said, he looks like his dad. I don't know Cedar other than just pictures, but some of that, per, some of those yeah. personality traits of Fia, I can see, I see in him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's typically what we see is um, they, they're going to have some personality traits from, from both mom and dad, but you know, um, that mom really puts a lot into her puppies. I mean, she's the, she's the first thing those puppies ever see that the first one that they ever meet. And so she kind of starts out molding the clay. So um, there's a lot, there's a lot to be said about the, 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 the female on, on when it comes to breeding. So. Yeah. You know, I think, I think guys get, uh, and we're not going to dive into pedigrees by any stretch here, but right. I, I do think guys get caught up in, well, all they do, all they look at is a stud dog. Right. And it's like, right. man, it takes two, it, it takes two dogs to make a litter and your, your dogs are a reflection of both their parents in, in, in certain aspects. And I don't know. It's interesting. I was super impressed with Thea though. The little I saw her, I can't imagine I'd love to hunt over her. I think that would be fun watching her pick up birds. She's a lot of fun. She's a pocket rocket. She goes hard. She's got a big water entry. Um, but again, she's very loyal. You know, I ran her through the HRC um, and, and did some tests with her and she never failed to test. I mean, just wow. I took her season. She went four, four through the season. I took her through the finish level. She went four, four there and she was like, what's next? So uh, I've, I'm, I'm really proud of her. She's, she's, she's a nice dog. No, that's awesome. That is so cool. Yeah. You talk about HRC you I'm, I'm assuming you obviously do quite a bit of that yeah yeah i do i do i've enjoyed it i started about three years ago um a buddy of mine told me i should come try i was like i don't know you know i don't know if i have enough time and anyway i, I went uh, I, I went to the first one and i was like okay I, I can do this i know we can do this so uh yeah i went all in and i've been i've been i've been getting after it pretty good so had, had some good success i'm looking forward to going to the grand soon um I want to pick me out one and build a grand dog and go, go, go to that level. Uh, I don't know which dog that's going to be yet, but, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Well, I think, I think it'll be probably obvious when you find the right dog, you're going to find it and it's going to be like, yep, this is my grand dog right here. Right. Right. But right. That is super cool. Yeah. I don't, I've had a couple guys on the podcast that are local, local in Wyoming is relative, you know, like, 300 300 miles away and uh running tests out here is like full-time commitment you i mean because you're not it's not just down the road it's it's a long ways and the guys i see there's a little club down in casper uh casper's about three and a half hours um and they're like dude you got to come down you got to run some tests you know just bring your dogs and that'd be so much fun and i'd love to i i'd, I'd really love to but to get into it, like, yeah, I got three little, I got three little kids. I yeah. got, you know, full-time job and I'm looking at traveling to Idaho and Southern Wyoming and places in Montana. And I just, the logistics of, of it out here for me personally, yeah, just, they, they preclude any activity in that. And, and I, cause I'd love to do it. I think it'd be fun. It is, it is a ton of fun. I'm telling you, once you get, uh, once you get involved and you get to know some people and I mean, everybody roots for everybody. You're not, you're not, you're not uh, competing, competing against everybody. You're competing against the standard. And so everybody is for everybody. We, none of us want to see a dog fail. None of us rooting for that. Uh, so, 
it, it, it turns into a family. You start seeing the same people, the same test all the time. You, you know, you become friends and uh, you can get some training tips off uh, each other. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So we're fortunate enough here. Uh, you know, I started out, there weren't as many tests three years ago. Uh, there were tests, uh, you know, I would travel to Tennessee and Alabama and Arkansas. And um, so, but, but we've gotten to where there's more clubs kind of popping up closer. And this last year, I think I maybe only traveled and stayed away from home twice. Nice. The rest, of, rest of them, I was able to drive, you know, an hour or two down the road, run the test to drive an hour or two back for the fam. So, um, and man, and, if and I, the, if I could do that, I would totally, totally jump in. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. It, it's, it gives you goals to get through with your dogs throughout, uh, throughout the summer, throughout the training season. And you kind of see where your holes are. Um, there's no training when you're testing, you're testing. So you kind of say, up. Oh, there's a, there's a slip up there. There's a hole in that part of my training. So you go back the next couple of weeks and you fill that hole. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun and it makes you, in my, in my opinion, it makes you a better trainer and it makes you a better handler. Uh, you're around, a lot of good trainers you're around a lot of good handlers and so you just you you set goals to be as good as they are so sure no now, I, how- and I someday that would be that's my wife was asking me you know you, we have you have the conversations about you know maybe when the kids are gone someday which is a long ways off for me and you <laughs> right. um but uh yeah yeah no god willing that's a long ways down the road absolutely trying to convince my oldest one you don't have to go anywhere girl you can just stay right here (laughs) yeah and mine has uh it's kind of funny my my six-year-old my four-year-old and hondo are best besties man they are best friends my my little guy who's a year old he was a year old in, in october um he likes the dogs. He and Hondo are buddies. Hondo's gotten pretty big for him now and knocks him yeah. over. Not it's a little, a little rough on him, but I, that, I don't care. It just makes him tougher. But, uh, but, um, my oldest is all about horses. And yeah. you, as you can imagine living out here, holy smokes, every there's a horse in everybody's yard practically. Oh yeah. And, uh, she's got big designs on having horses. And so I would imagine that if I can figure out a way to put horses in a pasture someplace and that, that, that will be in the future. And, and the funny thing is, is my, the, one of the reasons that I love Labrador retrievers so much is how versatile they are. Mm, that's you right. Know, we value them obviously as duck dogs, you know, and, and, but my dogs get a ton of, a ton of upland experience. Mackinac's a phenomenal pheasant hunter. I haven't put Hondo on that yet because I don't, I want there to be some, oh, some more controls in place before I just turn him loose on pheasants. And, uh, but you know, going in the mountains and talk about bringing a puppy home to a completely different environment than what they grew up in. It doesn't get much different going from Mississippi to Mm -hmm. Wyoming. And, you know, it's like the, this fall, that wasn't fall. It was. So yeah, it would have been this fall, September, maybe October. We got five, six inches of snow and I turned him out loose in the backyard. I said, Hey, watch this. 
And he was like, yeah, what is this? And then <laughs> once, and then, I mean, within five minutes, he's running around in it and, yeah. you know, I'm throwing snowballs and he's catching them, you know, and we're just playing, having a really good time. And, and he loved it, but having a dog that can go from be steady in the blind and do what you need it to do and then go camping with the family in the summertime and goes on hikes and follows along on horseback. There's, there's a bunch of outfitters here, big game outfitters that run. Everybody has dogs in their camps because of the grizzly bears. And those, those dogs are constantly, you know, when you see a string of horses on a trail in the mountains, there's always dogs with them. The number of Labradors that you see is like, staggering right like like probably 60 percent, 50 to 60 percent of guys are running labs and it's like they don't wander off they're smart they're loyal they're fierce they're protective they're sweet they're nice i mean it's a perfect yeah. dog it is it is i i, I can't imagine i can't imagine a, a better breed um I, i'm just a labrador guy so um it's just just a, it's a lot of fun to when you have people, you know, put in applications with us, it's like, well, you know, the first several questions are, what do you want out of your dog? Do you want, you know, it's a family pet? Do you want a test dog? Do you want a waterfowl dog? Do you want a shed hunting dog? Do you, what all do you want? Or do you want them all? Guess what? You know, the Labrador can do it. And so do it all. Um, they can, they can, they're jack of all trades. That's for sure. Well, it was funny. I said something that really got your attention down there this summer and about, you know, Hondo will, will eventually turn into my, a, a grizzly bear, grizzly bear guard dog. And you, you were like, and you looked at me and you're like, what does that entail? <laughs> and it's honestly, it's just going along on, on a big game hunt and being present. You know, yeah. he's, he is my eyes and my ears and a nose when I'm got my head down, taking care of, you know, business with an elk in grizzly country. Mackinac does that take him and he saved our bacon two years ago we had a bull down in the dark and a bear came in on us and Mackinac did, he didn't he doesn't like he doesn't attack the bear he just bark he just barks like right. woo, 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 and lets me know hey man there's something here and then it's like okay and I tell you what you combine a dog with a couple of horses those are pretty good bodyguards in grizzly bear country you know they're not they're not gonna fight off a bear by any stretch but they're letting you know that they're there and yeah. it's awesome but to have a dog that's steady enough and it's well-behaved enough that is just there he's just hanging yeah. out just right. hanging out and yeah that's it's huge and 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 i just i love my labradors man i i love yeah. them and and i know i've got buddies that run drothars uh german shorthairs all different kinds of dogs and they all love their dogs and you should, you should, right. you got a dog. You should, you should love it. But man, there's, I don't know. There's something special about labs, man. I don't know what it is. I agree. You won't get an argument here. <laughs> well, I'm looking over your shoulder. That picture in the background has been oh. catching my eye the entire time. I've been talking to you. The dog, the, what dog is that? That dog is one of our retired stud dogs. His name is Bubba. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Field trial champion. We brought over from England and uh, we had him here for, uh, I think we kept him for three or four years and uh, retired him, but uh, he stayed with me and he was, he was a special dog to me. So uh, 
I think uh, Colin from Rock House Motion actually took that picture down in Louisiana and they sent me a copy of it. And I was like, man, do you mind if I blow that up? And he's like, man, that would be fantastic. So blew it up on a canvas and got and got to hang it in my office here at the bank. Um, I've got a couple more in here of uh, Amy and uh, one of my other females, Ruby. So um, it always strikes a good conversation when, when you're sitting here at the bank and you got duck hunters and outdoorsmen come in to talk about uh, talk about uh, lending money. And, you know, these things always strike, strike up a good conversation. So good relationship building, but it makes me happy too to look around and see a laboratory. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm looking at that picture and I'm like, I, you know, I can't tell what dog it is from here, but I'm looking at him like there's a, there's good looking lab. There's some, a, a strap full of blue wing teal and a couple of fine yeah. over and under shotguns. And I'm like, that tells yeah. you a lot. That tells you a lot about a fellow right there. I love it. Yeah. 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 It's hard to come here and look at these pictures and be sad. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Well, what else do you have planned for the year? What other hunts are you going to got anything in the <laughs> hopper? I mean, yeah, we're, yeah. We're in the meat and potatoes of it right now. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on a few uh, local hunts here with uh, uh, one of my buddies runs Southwest Ducks Club. Um, his name is David Bowen. So I'll, uh, I'll stick close uh, for the next couple of days, close to Christmas and stuff. But uh, on the, uh, before Christmas on the 18th, I will ride out back out to Jason Howell and Aaron Carter's place uh, in Arkansas and I'll hunt with them the 18th and 19th. And uh, after that, I may, since I'm already in Arkansas, I may, take a couple of days off work and head on to Oklahoma and check on FIA and hunt a day or two there um, and then drive back. And then after that, we'll have Christmas and then New Year's. And then I'll head back out to Oklahoma about three more times in January. Um, I'm going to hunt with uh, Clay Frost out in uh, Stewart Ranch, Oklahoma. Uh, I'll hunt with him and my buddy Chance Hennig. And then um, I'll in duck season in Oklahoma back with Jared to pick up Fia and bring her back home. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of traveling for, you know, for me and, you know, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun though. I, I'm, I'm excited. No, you should be. That sounds like an awesome trip. Yeah. We, I, uh, knew we were talking about weather a little bit ago and I'm, I'm hoping we're, we're getting pretty good blizzard right now. And, uh, I'm hoping it pushes birds down and shuffles the deck and, pushes yeah. bird pushes birds all the way down into Oklahoma for you guys. That would be, that'd be super cool. Yeah. 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 Well, Jared and them always know the spots to go. So he always puts me on them when we're out there. I appreciate that. That's awesome. That. That's uh, he, awesome. And his, he and his wife Taylor are always very accommodating for me and they, you know, they put me up and, uh, and put up with me. And so I appreciate them for sure. Oh, that's cool, man. Well, the invitation out here always is always open. Well, I'd love to have you. You want to, get on an airplane and I'll pick you up. Or if you want to bring the fam out in the summer sometime and, and visit, we'd love to have you guys. Cause, uh, I, we kind of hit it off there this, this last summer at Barton's old place. And right. it, it'd be fun to do some blind time. If you, if you get a wild hair, so. That would be fantastic, man. I'd love to do that. Yeah, it would be, uh, it'd be a lot of fun and we could visit. What's that? I've never visited Wyoming. So I, I would well, love it. It's time to come. <laughs> you might have to make a couple trips man come out during hunting season and then uh come out again in the summer and bring the family and yeah. do the and do the tourist thing but uh no that's cool but so um i've got a question that i always wrap up my podcast with or try to when i remember it 
if you could only hunt one duck, one bird, one way, what's it going to be? Hmm. I'm hunting speckle belly geese and layout blinds in a wheat field. That's a new one. That's where I'm going. Yeah, man. Nice. I have had some incredible hunts. I, I love being uh, underneath those geese. They work like mallards, but they're bigger. Uh, you get the opportunity to, uh, uh, I mean, you're right there with your buddies. And again, and half of this goes because those are some of my best friends in the world that I get to you hunt bet. with. So that makes me really like that a whole lot more. Uh, so yeah, laying, laying in the layout line, hunting speckle belly, speckle belly geese with a good dog. Um, you get some cool retrieves, long blinds sometimes when your buddies can't shoot. Cause it's never me that, that, that does that. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Cause well, I didn't shoot. I'm just running the dog, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I can always blame. Uh, but yeah, you get some, get the opportunity for some really cool retrieves, some, some good blinds. Uh, it's just good time to lay out blinds. I, I love it. Oh, that's cool. That is super cool. Yeah. That's that. <coughs> that's a new one. I haven't had anybody, anybody say that one yet. I get a lot of, uh, you know, mallards in the timber. Yeah. And, and uh, I get a lot of mallards in a drive field or honkers in a drive field or something like that. But yep. Specs in a bar specs in a wheat field. I would someday. Yeah. That's bucket list, man. Good for you. It, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like I said, they're, they're, they work like a mallard. Um, they communicate like a mallard. Uh, they, uh, they're just bigger than a mallard, but not as big as a honker. So the dogs can run out there fast and come back with them fast. It's all about the dog and the friends for me. So I get it. Nope. I get yeah. it. Hundred percent. I, that's you talk about dogs struggling with honkers. Dogs, the dog, dogs amaze me. You know, I see yep. some of the stuff that dogs do. You know, Mac and I'll run out and they'll jump in the river, swim out, grab a twelve or thirteen pound honker, swim back, and then scale an eight foot bank with it in his mouth. I mean, that'd be the equivalent of you or I carrying ten percent of our body weight in our in our mouth you know and i'm like just dead weight um, yeah it's unreal it's unreal yeah so jared was telling me earlier that uh, fia has picked up over 50 honkers out there and you know fia's size yeah so, she's, not, she's not a big dog she just knows exactly how to pick them up right in the middle and she bounces out and comes back just just fine so uh, she's got it figured out now yeah and i and i've seen that a lot you know in different dogs i've i've never had a big dog um, all my labs have been in that female or male have been in that 55 to 65 pound range and, uh, never, none of them, once they learn how to hold a honker, then none mm -hmm. of them, none of them have struggled with it. You know, yeah. it's like they, they figure it out, they learn. And then that heart comes into play. That's that, right. That drive comes into play right. and it's game over. It That's is right. game over, but yeah, I mean. I've seen a couple of my buddy's dogs that are, you know, big 120 pound monsters and the way they smoke cripples is that's a sight to behold in itself, but right. it's like watching a freaking bear take down a, take something down and just hammer them. And they, it was my one buddy had a dog years ago that he was big boy and he didn't have, there was no positioning the bird just right. He'd just snatch him and he was yeah. just snatch him and run off with him. You know, and that was back in Michigan hunting giant Canada's, you know, and those, those birds were big, no problem, no right. problem. But 
Well, cool. Dude, thank you for being on the podcast with me, for taking the time. And I won't keep you any any later than this. It's about 6 o'clock your time, probably time for supper. But uh, I really appreciate it, Corey. Yeah, man. I really appreciate the invitation to be here. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, um, let's get together and, and, and share a blind sometime. I would love that. I would love that. We will make that happen. So, all right. Well, I'm going to stop recording.